Well, the Pac-12 is alive and well, as we saw today. What a day for the Pac-12, starting off with Colorado and what Deion Sanders and his boys did against TCU, who was in the Final Four last year. I believe was in the title game last year. Got whooped in the title game, but was there nonetheless. Colorado took him down. Colorado was pathetic last year. I think they maybe won one game. And to show that, as well as what happened at the Washington game here, which I'm going to talk about, this is a rapid reaction to the UW Huskies defeating the Boise State Broncos. I think the final score was 56-19. to 19. The last five minutes of the game were garbage time. All the backups were in the game. This game was decided really in the fourth quarter very early. It was decided really halfway through the second half. What a day. What a day for the Pac-12 as we start the series finale of this conference. Uh, a bit of a melancholy day, but when you look at things overall and you see how stacked this conference is, it's uh, it's really something to see. I mean, Caleb Williams at USC, they're number six. UW with Michael Penix, number 10. Uh, Oregon. At number 15, I think, with with Bo Nix, Oregon State, 18th. Um, I'm missing a team here. They have five total teams in the Utah with Cam Rising. I think he's he's uh, number 14. They're number 14 in the country. So you have five teams in the top 25 here. Many of them Heisman Trophy candidates. Caleb Williams won it last year. Penix is a huge candidate to win it this year. In addition to Bo Nix. I mean, this is this is going to be a hell of a conference race um, in the Pac-12. But let's talk about this game. My Huskies defeating the Boise State Broncos, really laying a beat down on this team. And, of course, it begins and ends with Michael Penix, an incredible, incredible player. I'm going to read you a stat line here. 29 of 40 for 450 yards and five touchdowns. That's his stat line. That's, uh, I think that's maybe on par or a little better than what Shador Sanders did today, who is all over ESPN and all over the sports world. That's the biggest story, but what Michael Penix did today, extremely, extremely impressive. If you've watched this guy play before, you know that he is one of the most impressive players in college football. He led college football last year for – a long time in most passing yards. He is a gifted thrower of the ball in, in multiple ways. Accuracy, uh, strength, distance, his awareness. He'll throw the ball away when, when, it's not, uh, when the throw is not there. Very smart. Barely throws any interceptions. Today he had five touchdowns. And... How many of those were to McMillan? Two of them were to McMillan. One to Roma Dunze. One to Jalen Polk. One to Jack Westover. One to Josh Cuevas. Oh, no. Josh Cuevas, I think, was Dylan Morris because Dylan Morris came in at the end of the game and threw a touchdown as well. Roma Dunze, 132 yards and a touchdown on seven catches. Jalen Polk, three catch, 101 yards and a touchdown. Jalen McMillan, 95 yards and two touchdowns on, on eight catches. 
and he ran for another one, and they were trying to feed him at the end of the game intentionally to get him a fourth touchdown. Didn't pan out. He, he was stopped at the, uh, the, the goal line, um, and they couldn't go for it on fourth down. But Michael Penix, breaking down this guy's game, I mean, his good throws are the best college football throws I've ever seen. Like I mentioned in the beginning, Distance, I mean, NFL-type distance, something that I'm not see, used to seeing even as a UW fan that had quarterbacks with different skill sets but never never two of the same skill sets that make you a good quarterback, which is accuracy and a cannon for an arm. Jake Browning had accuracy but no cannon. Jacob Eason had a cannon but no accuracy. Michael Penix has both, and he'll throw the ball away instead of throwing interceptions. I mean, listen, if you're, if you're watching this just as a general college football fan, not even as a UW Husky fan, I mean, this is relevant to you because this guy is likely going to be in New York, hopefully, for the Heisman Trophy presentation as a, as a top five Heisman Trophy candidate. He is, he is legit. Let me break down his game a little bit. So his, like I said, his best his best throws are the best I've seen in college football. But he also will throw balls when players are open. He'll just overthrow them sometimes. I mean, very rarely, very rarely. I think I maybe saw it three times in this game. So he really could have had eight touchdown throws because these other three times the players were wide open. And you know what that does? That speaks to how good the wide receivers are at getting open. And thank goodness for the name image likeness rule in college football that was recently introduced because that's what allowed Penix to come back. But then also it's what allowed a lot of these receivers to come back as well. Jalen Jalen Polk, uh, Jalen McMillan, and Roma Dunze. Jalen... Jalen Polk and Jalen McMillan have very differently spelled names, but it's the same name. And Jack Westover is quite good, too, as a, as a tight end. So zooming out a little bit on this and just a broader look at the uh, UW offense, they are extremely pass-heavy, as we saw today. Extremely, extremely pass-heavy. I mean, I would say today it was maybe 80 to 85% pass, 15 to 20% run. And... Cam Davis, their star running back, or who was supposed to be the star running back now that Wayne Talapapa is on the practice squad on the Seahawks, uh, got injured. He had, he had a season-ending injury to uh, before the season started. And now this is going to be Nixon's backfield. Uh, what's his first name? I don't even know his first name. Is it Will, Will Nixon? That's his backfield. He had six carries for 48 yards. Pretty good, but Dylan Johnson, seven carries for 12 yards and a touchdown. That's not great. That's 1.7 yards a carry. So we didn't really see much of the run game today. And I'm not sure how much we're going to get out of the run game. Honestly, Will Nixon seems like um, a little bit undersized or maybe somewhere in between. If if you know the Seahawks situation, it's Ken Walker and Zach Charbonnet. Ken Walker is the speedster. Zach Charbonnet is the powerful uh, player that um, is able to run over guys. Will Nixon looks like he's somewhere in the middle there, and 
and that's maybe not a great thing. I, I prefer him maybe to be one or the other, but we'll see. He had some bursts today. They didn't really use him a lot, but if I see maybe one deficiency of this uh, this offense, it's that you know if, if you're going to just pass as much as you pass, uh, and how, how many pass attempts did UW have today? Let me see. They had 42 pass attempts. I mean, if you're just going to do that, then then defenses, you're going to play much better defenses than Boise State. They're just going to adapt to that, and they're going to play multiple, you know, just they're going to play more defensive backs. So you need to show that you're able to run, and I think Will Nixon, probably against better teams, are going to have to run him more than they did today. But a tremendous, tremendous game by Penix. Tremendous game by coach Kalen DeBoer. Great connection between Penix and McMillan. He looks to also be a tremendous uh, receiver throughout this year. What else? Kalen DeBoer is very, very greedy. And I haven't seen this from, from another UW uh, coach or really any other coach. I mean, he is trying to run up the score. They called a timeout at the end of the first half, even though they were up by 20 and we're, we're trying to put up more points. It ended up backfiring because it gave the ball back to Boise State and they put up three points. I understand this is a a world where you don't play these teams in, in, in these other conferences enough to be able to compare them. So you have to just trounce your opponent. You have to blow out your opponent to show the point disparity in order for you to be voted into the, the, the playoffs. So I feel bad for Boise State. I thought at the end, if they had kept their starters in UW, uh, they might have gotten intentionally injured by Boise State players because it was kind of rubbing salt on the wound. But thankfully, they put in Dylan Morris and, and some of the backups, so um, I'm happy they did that to, to preserve them. Roma Dunze, there was a play where he fumbled the ball near the end of the game and amongst five players was still able to recover it. A uh, lot, a lot of heart there. I was really, really impressed. So that, that was the UW offense in this game. Very, very impressive. Put up 56 points. Of course, it's again against Boise State, but Boise State got uh, votes in the top 25 uh, ranking for college football, and I think they had enough votes to keep them out of the top 25, but maybe in the top 35. So there are no slouches. So this is um, it's more impressive than the Oregon win. Oregon uh, put up 81 points, but that was against Portland State. Portland State is, I, th- I think they might even be second division, really. And um, Colorado, though, Colorado is going to enter the rankings. Colorado is going to be top 25 after defeating TCU. TCU, I think, was 7th or 17th in, in the, the top 25 rankings. So they will absolutely be there. There will be probably six teams from the Pac-12 in the top 25. Moving now to the Boise State offense. Uh, they basically had one player, and that was their running back, Uh Gianti, Gianti was he, he was the star of the game for for their uh, for their team. He was pretty much the reason they scored those two. He scored those two touchdowns actually. He rushed for one and then he caught a pass and ran for one. I think he had a total of 150 yards, if I'm not mistaken here. 44 rushing and 109 uh, receiving. 
uh, Boise State, basically the only thing that worked for them was uh, a screen pass to their running back. I remember there was one 50-yard scamper that they had with him. And, of course, he ran for one early in the game and then uh, caught another one late where he broke a tackle. So Gianti is really the, the running back is really the star of this team. Their quarterback is not great. Not great. He was making mistakes everywhere. How many interceptions did he throw to us? Two interceptions. Uh, but great, great, great job by the UW defense to get those interceptions. Other than that, though, there was a lot of uh, just not great passing, not great running. I mean, even Gianti, 10 for 44 yards. I mean, he got that seven-yard rush touchdown, but uh, 10, 10 rushes 40 for 44 yards is just kind of okay. They were playing catch-up most of the game, though. But Boise State, uh, if they want to succeed, they have to feed the ball to that Gianti often, more often than – how many touches did he get in this one? He got 10 rushes, 4 catches, 14 touches. Uh, give him 20 touches. Give him 25 touches, 30 touches. Uh, that's how you guys will be successful this year. But that's really all I have to say about them. But on the other side of that equation is the UW defense, which early on didn't look great. Was was a little shaky. Of course, that's nerves to start the year. Beautiful day in Seattle. Had a bigger crowd than they usually do in these early season games. So kudos to ESPN for being there and and for the Sail Gators and and you know you you put the um, the the greatest setting in college football on display and the people were there and uh, I was really heartened to see that. Maybe that's because UW is ranked tenth in the country. Uh, but it, it it was great to see. I hope that keeps up for the rest of the year. Um, maybe the, the reason why it didn't in previous years is because, you know, they lost to Montana their first game, I think, a couple years ago. So that's how you keep the momentum strong by, by winning and winning convincingly, especially as you're supposed to. UW defense. Most important thing I saw from them were the pass breakups by the DBs. Uh, by Banks and Muhammad, those guys are the ones that stood out to me. Um, Eddie Olafoscio, I think he had a sack in this game. He got to the quarterback. There, there, there was a good number. There's a good amount of pressure that came from the defensive line, but not many sacks. I just saw maybe one sack. Let me double check here. Where there was there more than one sack in this game? I guess they don't really record sacks on ESPN, but basically that's what I remember. I just remember a single sack that they had in this game. Uh, other than that, they're going to face much tougher offenses than what they saw today. Uh, against the run, I didn't think that they were that great. I think they need to shore that up. Against the pass, they look a little better. Like I said, you, you can't really glean much from this game because Boise State really just had one weapon and that guy got 150 yards on you. So um, it's really, I mean, that that was the the um, shortcoming of UW last year was their defense. So TBD on the defense. But they showed some good things. Banks, Muhammad, Olafoshio, and then also uh, Bruner there at the end with the, the interception and almost returned it for a touchdown. Those are, those are the guys that stood out to me. And the Boise State defense, uh, Haram uh, Mesakin, uh, they um, they got whooped. They got whooped today. 
it was it was ugly. They had some points of the game where they got like some big stops and they get some good pass breakups and uh but I got nothing else to say about this Boise State defense. Uh final thoughts on this game. Uh Penix is unreal. Penix is unreal. If you're if you're just a football fan, you have to watch UW games just to watch their quarterback. Some of these throws that he makes, uh, and he's a left-hander. He's kind of unique to see. So if you have some time, watch some UW games, even if you're not a UW fan. Hopefully there's a lot of UW fans that maybe are watching this because it's in the title. But if you're not a UW fan, watch some UW games. I think you, uh, if you enjoy football and quarterback play, I think you'll enjoy watching Penix play. All right, so that's the recap. Before I, I, I finish off this, uh, this recap podcast here, I want to shout out Nepal, audience in Nepal, a guy in Nepal. I don't know if it's one guy or multiple people, but we had a, a, a surge of uh, podcast plays from Nepal, I think 50 uh, podcast plays in one day. So if, if it's multiple people or one guy, uh, or, or one gal, I uh, I appreciate it. And let me know uh, what kind of stuff you'd like to see in the in the future. Um, that was pretty cool to see. So this is a YouTube live. So anyone that's listening on a podcast platform, I'm gonna give my spiel here at the end. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, go ahead and subscribe, share, comment, all that stuff. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Pandora, which took over from Stitcher or iHeartRadio, Amazon, uh, I hope I, Exo Player, whatever it is, follow us on there. Give us a five star rating on there, would be really appreciative. And I'll follow us on all the social media as well Instagram, Twitter, X, uh, TikTok, and even Facebook. Just, just jumped on Facebook as well uh, to see what's going on on Facebook. And to reach out to all the uh, 90-year-olds that are on Facebook so they can get some Football v. Football podcast. So thanks all for tuning in. Until next time, go dogs.